The mission of Pardon Me is to inform, motivate, and most importantly, humanize individuals who have made mistakes but have received gubernatorial and presidential pardons. Pardon Me is a brand for those who support second chances. Pardon Me Podcast, where every episode is designed to bring guests into your living room, car, or wherever you listen to your podcast app to share their stories of perseverance and success. Every guest of the Pardon Me Podcast has successfully served their time in prison and has received a formal pardon through the gubernatorial or presidential process. Our goal is to use their stories to inform, motivate, and inspire you, our audience. I'm your host of the Pardon Me Podcast, Joshua Johnson, founder of the Pardon Me brand, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Can Beats, in the Pardon Me Corner. Can Beats from the Can Beats Breakfast Sandwich Show, which you can find streaming on YouTube. What's going on with you, Can Beats? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate the shout out. You know, it's a little late. We don't have no breakfast sandwich right now, but, you know, it's hey, still good. Hey, man, them Quick Trip Breakfast Sandwiches be on hit right now. Fire. You can get them Quick Trip Sandwiches 24-7. Fire. Hey, it, yes. If you are, if you, are you, if you hitting... Hurting for some some eating. Yes. Get you some chicken strips. Ooh. Man. Not a quick trip. Yeah. Quick trip. Quick trip. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, quick trip y'all is, is me it. Up on game. <laughs> better, better, better than Popeyes. I ain't I ain't front. That chicken is fun. Man, man. So to start things off, we begin each interview introducing our guests by reading the opening paragraph from their original pardon uh, from the governor of the state. And it reads Whereas Charmaine S. Harris, date of birth, September seventh, nineteen eighty eight, was convicted on May 19th, 2009, of one count of manufacturing and delivering cocaine less than or equal to one gram, and one count of falsely presenting non-controlled substances in violation of sections 961.41 and 961.41A, 1A, respectively, of the Wisconsin statutes Kenosha County case number 2009-CF79. And on July 15, 2009, was sentenced to four years of probation. Uh, this evening, we have Charmaine Harris as a special guest on a part of me to share uh, his pardoning experience. But bef- before we discuss that actual pardon, we'd like to kick things off with some contextual questions, kind of figure out like how things started, where you were, uh, how, how did you get to where you became, uh, you got where you were. So um, obviously, you, you did some time. Did you do physical time in prison? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep, yep. And how how much time did you do in in the actual prison? And what prison were you at? So I was at um, Fox Lake Correctional Institution, and I did. Fox a- Lake sounds very suburban. <laughs> yeah, it's in the country. You know what I'm saying? I'm wearing the country. Where are you at? I'm in Fox Lake. Yeah. So I did a, I did six months in there, and then I did six months in um, Black River Falls, which is the uh, Challenge incarceration program, mm-hmm. the boot camp program. That don't sound. Specific. That don't sound like Fox. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's up it's there. way up north too. Those far. those native uh, uh, pl- sounding names. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you did six months, and um, so 
like when you first got out of prison, like the first time you stepped out, mm-hmm. what was the most significant thing that you purchased? Um. Okay, so I, I my my release was a little bit different because I got out <laughs> from the boot camp program. Okay, um, and, and that so, was the challenge incarceration. Yeah, program. The challenge what, what, incarceration tell, tell program. Us more, a little bit more about that. Okay, so you do uh, six months in the program, mm-hmm. and if you do it successfully, you shave off however much remaining time you had. Okay. So my sentence structure was a little bit different. So I was sentenced to four years probation, and if I messed up, um, I would face Fifteen years, so um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but but before that, I did a it's year a hell of a gamble right there. Right. Before I was sentenced, I mean, I, I did a year in a county um, jail. So when I got when I messed up, eventually, I got resentenced off revocation. Okay, and so but that year that I did before counted towards my sentence. So okay. I was sentenced to a total of five, but they one year counted. And then I did another year in the county, and then I did that six months and six month breakdown. Okay. But back to my um, release day. Uh, what happens is once you complete, there's a note sent off to your judge, who basically granted you the opportunity for the um, program, mm-hmm. and you have to wait for them to respond back. Now, some people judges <laughs> respond in three days. Some people judges respond in three weeks. <laughs> But you all done with the program, but you still have to carry out the requirements of the program, be it doing physical training or going to therapy and groups and all so that. So when you're finished yep. and you are still doing the program yep. until dude be like, all yep. right, <laughs> let me read this. And you better be, you better be snapped up. You better, because we got old uh, military sergeants like as correctional officers. Okay. So your, your line got to be, Straight with your button, and you got to shave every day. Your head's bald, all of that. If they see a five o'clock shadow, they coming to get you and making you do physical training, sending you in the bathroom. To, like straight uh, military, right there. Basically, right. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically what I imagine. I'm not gonna say that they do it, but I imagine the military people do this similar style of boot camp with. Mm-hmm. Somebody yelling at you in your ear. It's like a hazing. Make, making you eat all your food off your plate. I got a story about that. But anyway, <laughs> the day, um, I, my my process took about a week. And so um, the first significant thing I bought when I got out, they gave us a $100 check, but we had to get a ride from the uh, camp to Milwaukee. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. So for some context, the camp is in Black River Falls, right? Right. The Black River Falls is what four and a half hours away from Milwaukee. Oh, maybe six, six hours yeah. away, and you got a hundred dollars to get a ride. Yeah. So, but but they bus, they give us a bus. Okay. They, they okay. pay for our bus to Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> so, so some there. some people <laughs> I'm about to say Uber man. No, that's, no. <laughs> that some people uh, family members come and get them. Okay. You know, from up there. Uh-huh. But I'm like, you know. We catch it. We good on the bus. Like you don't got to drive all the You're way. Like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. So uh, me and my guy got released on the same day. And the most significant thing I bought on the first day, man, is a um, Reese's peanut butter bar. <laughs> <laughs> soon as soon as I cashed my check, we went to the store. I hadn't ate a Reese's peanut butter bar in so long, okay. man. Peanut butter bar? I mean, not bar. Peanut butter cups. Okay, yeah. I was like, wait, Reese's, what's, what's the Reese's, Wait, oh, you <laughs> know, he, the reason he asking you, you know, they just did uh, 
on, on, on one of Canby's show, they did a, uh, did a candy poll. Oh, so, you okay. know, he was trying to make sure you weren't talking about some yeah. candy that he ain't know about. They might have know. a bar, a bar <laughs> now. Yeah, we, had a, we had a candy draft. Okay. <laughs> you know, we, uh, and, and Kes, Kes put all the candy up there and yeah. put it in there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that was what I, what I had to spend at that time. But, um, yeah, man, that was the one of the things that I bought. I and then some Timberlands. <laughs> you know, it was wintertime when I got out. Yeah, some Timberland shoes, and you know. So you was broke because the candy bar is about dollar fifty. Yeah, the Tim's about a yeah. hundred. So you was in the hole. You had to get a little extra money. Well, so, yeah. uh, was, in, uh, was when, when were you released? What year? Uh, February two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. yeah, that was about eighty bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a little different. Unless you got the uh, the wheatless Tim's. <laughs> well, actually, my brother is, the, sent me my going home clothes, so I okay. did not oh, have to okay. spend out okay. of a hundred dollars. Okay. All right, All but right. Uh, you that know. was significant enough to receive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I still got those boots to this day. <laughs> I, I, I use them for shoveling during the winter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Tim's work good. They ain't insulated for nothing, but uh, yeah. they work. Yeah, for sure. They ain't good for shit, mm-hmm. man. So when you think about like. You know, when you're thinking about the most significant, right? I think sometimes people don't understand what significance means once you've been to prison, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone we've had on the show, they give something different, right? They they give a they give this their answer to the question is different. It varies, right? It's actually my favorite question because it, it is, said, man. It's, it's whatever the cat is going through at the moment yep. is significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah no like, doubt, no you doubt. Said, you said deodorant. Yep. Other cat was like. Some Jordans. Yep, some Jordans. Yeah, our last guest, you got a Jason. Reese cup. Yeah, well, I mean, yep. so it's <laughs> some small. Yeah, right. it, 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 but it's so big to us at that time. He's just rocking yeah. back and forth. Oh, I can't wait to get yeah. <laughs> Reese cup. Yep. They better have a Reese cup in this store when I yep. walk in here. Yep. Better not be melted. <laughs> but when you think about like so, the most significant, right? I always ask on the other side, like, what was the most insignificant thing, right? Something that just really didn't mean much, but. You know, it wouldn't mean much to somebody else, but like was just kind of like really insignificant for you. Like, yeah, you know, I just had to do this, I had to take care of it. Hmm. Supervision fees. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pay your supervision fees within a certain amount of time, yeah, yeah. Um, it can it can be crazy. So crazy story. I actually had money, you know, to support myself the whole time okay. I was locked up. Like, people sent me money, but I was good. Um, you know, did my thing in the streets or whatever and took care of myself the whole time. So when it came to be released, I, I had a decent amount of money, you know, for somebody getting from prison. I think it was like $3,000, maybe four. So um, <laughs> what happens is your check has to be cut to your probation yep. agent. Yep. But they can't cash it. Right. So when I met with him, he saw how much it was. He tried to tell me that I need to pay up my supervision fees for a year. I said, no way am I doing that. He started threatening me with jail and all that. I try to go up to the supervisor. She say the same thing, back him up. I said, look, y'all is not getting um, this money. And what would it would have been... Uh, Twenty dollars a month? No, what were you, it was twenty, forty, or sixty, I believe. No, yeah, it was like it was sixty dollars a month. Sixty dollars yeah, a month. But, yeah, you know, yeah. At the time, I got to get my clothes, housing. Yeah, yeah. Take care of myself. They want six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, here, out up the front. gate. I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen. So I ended up paying the um like up for two months, and I told him, you know, y'all can take me to jail if y'all got a problem with that, because <laughs> he can't cash it. I got to right, cash right. it and come back and give it to him. So 
he didn't like drop me off or nothing. Yeah, he said, yeah. You, you just got to bring the money back. But I was like going through a episode, like a anxiety attack, just thinking about having to go back to jail, right? Because I wasn't trying to pay him all his money out the gate, right? When I knew I needed to take care of my, my myself, which isn't a requirement either, right? It's it's not a requirement mm-hmm. when you walk out the door, at least not that I know of. When I got on 04, you know, I got out, I had almost a $20,000 check, you know, from work release and everything else, right? I don't ever remember my PO saying, hey, you got to pay me up front. In fact, it, you know, I never paid my supervision fees. They just took them out of my taxes. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, like, I mean, because it was, right? Because it varied. So when I was laid off of work, it's only $20, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm working, it's 60 So I never could keep track. So I just let them take it out of my taxes. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's interesting when we think about some of the things, some of the rules that people put in place, they're straight up arbitrary and they put them in place and they have you under this fear that if you don't do this, then you're going to go back to prison. Yeah. Like that, that actually portrays a lot in the life of somebody who's been to jail in many other ways that I could think about. Like that we could almost do a whole podcast on that Man. in and of itself. I, was about to actually, I mean, I, I don't mean to deviate and go down that path, but it's very similar to being, I, I'm a former classroom teacher and administrator. So it was very similar to writing recess on the board. Right, and you, you know, you're racing. All right, you keep on, keep on. Right, <laughs> right, right. You're going to be back. Right. You're going to be right. you're yeah. going out. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, I don't even understand the anxiety that is that that uh, comes up. And that's the part I haven't, I wanted to talk more about. Like, yeah. the anxiety of thinking that no matter what, something might happen where you might go back. Yeah. Like, regardless of what it is. Yeah. How real that is. Well, I think, you know, one of the things in there, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some scientific name of it, but like when you have that anxiety, there's chemical release in your body, right? Mm-hmm. And that, right, that does, in that, whatever that does for you at that moment, like it starts to block out those feelings, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking to yourself, man, now I'm under this pressure, right? I always equated one of the funny things, you know, as we think about, you know, in in that feeling like you have to do something, when I got on 04, cell phones were just really starting to take off, right? The Nokia, you know, all the little phones. Uh, it was singular back then, right? All these phones, right? When you walk through the mall, everyone trying to sell you a phone at every booth, right? And one of the things after spending 10 years in prison that I struggled with was telling people no, right? Because I always felt like if I told them no, I was going to go back to prison. Right, because in prison you can't tell the guard no if they say, "Hey, I want you to do this," or you and you're like, "No," right? You have that 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 anxiety that's built yeah. up, and it, and I equate it to the same thing that you were experiencing, which is this this man is telling you at the end of the day, "I need you to pay up," or "I'm gonna take you back to jail." Mm-hmm. Like nobody, don't nobody want to go back to jail, right? This so it's unfair. It's it's unfair that they do that, and it it releases those chemicals into your body. That's just not fair. But I, but I want to say this though. Um, there, there's that portion of it, but there's also this dignity element that I had. True, right. Where, right. like, look, I, I am fearful of going back, but when I when I think about what I got to do, like in terms of taking care of myself, paying rent, um, getting clothes, you know, finding me a car, at this point, we, we going to have to butt heads because... I can't let you just right take cut, a chunk. Cut, cut my nuts off. Right. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? Because that's a chunk, at, at right? At this moment, I feel like you tested me. But what did right. they get out of it? You know what I'm saying? What hmm? did they get out of it? Nothing. I think I think I think they do get some kind of um, kickback. <laughs> like some kind of you know, it's, it's it's more money for the 
right, the potluck or the Christmas <laughs> event um, <laughs> at the end of the year or something like that. At the it's, end of the year, they hold. It got to be some kind of. They hold a uh, uh, a poll at the end of the year. So and so raised this much money yeah. for the potluck this year. They get a war like uh, oh boy, didn't Donnie Brasco? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, I did it's, all that work, got a little war. It's, it's <laughs> cases out there. Uh, you can Google them, but um, agents that like extorted. They clients yeah, out that's of the crazy. money, you know what I'm saying? Well, but just even that conversation, right? When we think about the conversation, so so what the agent is doing is right in line, right? They do supervision fees are a part of being on supervision, which we I don't even want to talk about that. That's crazy to even think that you have to pay to be free, right? You do. You have to pay to be free, whether it's twenty dollars a month if you ain't working or sixty dollars a month if you are working. That's a whole nother conversation. But when we think about it, they're they're raised, they're they're getting that money. And that money obviously is going back to recoup. There's nothing, right? There's nothing that says, you know, if you have restitution, that's a different story. But this is just straight up supervision fees. Mm. And for a lot of people, right, that is a hang up. Because mm. now you're talking about if I'm not working, how am I going to get you $20, right? I mean, it's so it, it to me, it's another way to kind of perpetuate the cycle. Because if you don't pay it, they're going to take it out of your taxes. But if you don't have taxes, now you can get a judgment put placed on you. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of different things. Up. Yeah, man. You know, it, it, so it's, you, you you really think about the system and how the system is built. From the day you walk out the door, it really isn't built for you to stay out. I know exactly how I would be if I was probation officer. How would that be? I'd be like, answer the phone. Hello? Hey, what's up, Shaman? You good? Yeah, I'm all right. All right, then. So, so, so I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, that's I'm, why you probably not I'm, a PO. I'm glad you brought that up. You, you know what that's called? You know what that's called? Because you know I'm a professor of criminal justice. You know, uh, old timers, right? Uh-huh. So now I used to have this like view of probation agents as a whole, but as I started teaching and diving into this topic more, I feel sorry for them a little bit. <laughs> Cause it, they 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 like like the teacher in education, they um, undervalued and underpaid, right? So when yeah, you get yeah. to that point, then you gonna start like at first you come into it with high spirits, mm-hmm. just extreme naivete. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. You don't know much. You get in, you start learning the ropes, and you like, dang, I gotta do all this for fifty thousand a year. <laughs> and so now you get to that point where it's like, it's either that, or are you good, or um, lock them break up. Balls. No, lock, lock them up. Yeah. Uh, even though I got to do a little bit of paperwork, it's it's more than it's it's less than me having to spend think, time on your caseload. I think I think I would use it's obviously to me it'd be case by case, and I'm actually saying Charmaine, yeah, yeah, yeah. You good because I know Charmaine. Like I have a relationship with Charmaine. Right. And know that he's right. good. He's out here doing his thing. Right. Well, you know, I'm I'm doing this as a protocol. Uh, it's a protocol. It's a procedural. Like, hey, I just check on you. He's good. I'm good. But Josh asked, like, nigga, where you at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't you home? Right. And, and, and this is the point I was trying to make because of um, the construct of mass incarceration. Yep. So you got mass incarceration inside where the prisons are being filled. But then on on the exodus on the way out, now you have the 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 correctional system or the um, community correction side that's overwhelmed they with so many. They can't handle it. Do you know that uh, in California, one agent might have a caseload of four thousand? That's crazy, man. You can mad. How you doing? 
you can text. Yeah, you can you text can. message. So they, I'm so they, text. they starting to do that now. But <laughs> group text all them all four thousand. Yeah. man. But in, in Wisconsin, it's not uncommon for you to have a, a caseload of one hundred and twenty. That's still yeah, a lot. That's insane. So yeah. that's that mass incarceration that's not only putting pressure on the system, on 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 the criminal justice side or the um, restorative justice side with mm-hmm. the with the guys, but also on the correctional side. Yeah, where yeah. they taking the hit from it too. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a lot of people not wanting to go into that field no more. It's actually just like the oh, the fable, the ants and the grasshopper. Like they, the ants. Are way more powerful. They got way more mass than the grasshoppers, but they don't know no better. So mm-hmm. they just stay controlled by like two grasshoppers. Yeah. When in actuality, they could overthrow some shit. That's like, a good analogy. Well, but I, and I think too, you know, when you talk about, you know, you make a really good point. The the correctional industry, like you starting to hear their commercials, right? You see their commercials on TV, you hear them on the radio. It's a it's, it's an industry that's really tough to get people. And I think about my little sister used to be a correctional officer. She was actually a correctional officer when I was in. Um, we never crossed paths. But I think about like the stress that they have to deal with, the, you know, the, sixteen hours. Yeah, yeah, get mandated overtime, right? And when you think about a system that's broken, you think about the fact that you're forcing individuals. Like we think about, right? If we had to work our job sixteen hours, we're gonna be heated, right? We're not yeah. gonna. I mean, if it's mandated, right? Like every day. So if you're thinking about a system that's supposed to be taking care of the individuals, no matter where they are in the prisons. And you're not giving them the the people who are supposed to take care of them and protect them. If you're not giving them the respect they deserve, what kind of what what kind of people are you turning out? Right. I think about a business. Right. I think about a business as a product. Right. When you're being released from prison, you're you're a product. Right. You're a product of the environment that you lived in mm-hmm. for however long you've been there. And if that environment wasn't good, then you're getting released out to a, an environment that. And many times you're getting released back out to an environment that's even worse. So how can you actually perpetuate? corrections that that's right. in the word how can you perpetuate like making sure you don't come back if you're not even preparing those individuals See, I mean, they 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 need to be in the fight with us y'all y'all need to be protesting <laughs> correctional officers listen y'all need to join the fight they're not doing y'all right that that f-150 truck is not worth that overtime is not worth the time away from your kids man for real we we got to do something <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But it's it's good perspective, right? And I, and I think that's the key, right? A lot of people don't know that. They don't understand that side of it. And they don't see the stress, right? Many people they don't they don't stick within that industry. And when we're talking about it, like the, the reason why it is so important to talk about is if that stress is on those individuals, it's it, it trickles down to the folks who are going to be released from prison. Yes. And you have to be prepared, right? Because when you walk out the door, nothing is given to you. Mm. So let's rewind a little bit. Uh, I know I read this googly goop about the manufacturing, delivering, and falsely presenting. <laughs> what What did you get arrested for? What, what was the actual act? And kind of walk us down that. Um, so that I was, um, before that, you know, I was arrested multiple times, like for minor driving offenses. Mm-hmm. But built a built a name, you know, in the streets. You know, they had me on the the wall of the gang unit every time they pulled me in for questioning about whatever. So you was a Kia boy before the Kia boy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was still in different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not not cars. Not oh, cars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me the loop. Yeah, yeah. I was taking stuff, but um. End up getting caught for 
or I had a controlled buy, so a confidential informant um, got got me, you know, wore a wire, and so I got Damn. yeah, New York undercover type shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got caught. I always just say for for selling drugs, okay. you know, and what they hit me with manufacturing, delivering, um, intent to deliver uh, crack cocaine. So what, man? Wait a minute! I just gotta ask a question. Where, where my, where did they have the wire at? You know what I'm saying? Like we see on TV, right? They'd be like making them strip down. You know, did they have some old, you know, fancy, or did he just have it taped to his chest or something? Well, the wiretaps can be on the phones. Nowadays. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I never forget it. He called and said, "Let me get uh, five bags of Doritos." <laughs> I'm like this cat never talk like this. <laughs> but um. So it was a cat that had been regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how it happened. He got caught up. So yeah, right, then they right, right. made him flip on somebody. Uh, and then the falsely pre- stuff, falsely present stuff, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to go and do the transaction. But a friend of, um, of mine, an old friend of mine, was like, he needed the money, you know, and he wanted me to allow him to. What I what we call uh, whammy him, so <laughs> cut up some drywall or peanuts, <laughs> and um, so then he went and made that that transaction. Oh, okay, so that's the falsely present. yeah, that's okay. the falsely present piece. <laughs> so uh, he was smoking drywall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably when he was like, I'm glad I uh, this was this was the third time that he was like nigga, it's sheet rock. <laughs> He was like, I wanted nacho Doritos, not cool ranch. This was the third the third time that he um we had this transaction. So uh yeah, man. I, I when they when they swarmed down on us, you know, I was at the gas station, I speed out. I'm thinking it's just a driving ticket again. You know, I always got the money on me, I always bond out the same day. This happened like twelve times. <laughs> I got I got the mug shots to prove it. I don't know why I just didn't want to get my license. <laughs> Crazy, I got my license in the boot camp program. But anyway, um, on your way out, yeah, <laughs> I might need yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> Sign me yeah. up. Well, they they let you, the they let they let you like start going off campus at the end during okay. the last forty five days. But anyway, they swarmed <laughs> down on us, and. Um, I thought it was just a routine thing, but once we got into the, um, they took us to the detective side for the holding cell instead of the the regular police uh, side. Okay, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, the this, bullpen. Yeah, the regular bullpen. This is a little bit different. So, <laughs> they want to um, question. Uh, excuse me, sir. So you bought the bottle of beer at mm-hmm, eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of them situations. Yeah, you, at that you, point. you know you have messed up. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely definitely nine o'clock. Pretty positive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So then did did my year in the county from two thousand nine to two thousand ten, came back, still didn't have the proper mindset. I don't know. I don't know if you had a similar experience, but like jail didn't really hit me as hard as prison. Mm. In jail, I was still able to access my family. They was able to come see me. Mm. I'm calling them. I'm hearing about like stories from the streets from the new guys coming in so it didn't hit me as hard although i started that was when the change process started but then i got back in 2010 still living the same kind of lifestyle you know just this time um had an altercation with my girlfriend at the time 
And then that's what sent me back to um, prison. Okay. And so um, then when you go through that process of having to strip naked and squat down and cough and, you know, they telling you to rub this cream on. You don't know what it is. They <laughs> they say it's for STDs or whatever, but you don't know what it is. The TB shot every 30 days and... You know, you, then, you had to rub for STD. Y'all was getting conjugal visits or something, man. Well, no, during the intake process. <laughs> you know what man? I'm talking about. I know, yeah, I know. I'm just messing yeah. with you, guys. Yeah, yeah. But, so. but, you know, to your point, though, to your point, you, you're right. Actually, for me, it was the reverse. Jail was harder on me than prison hmm. because of the fact when I finally got sentenced to prison, it was a relief. I was facing um, 420 years, and then when I came into adult court, because uh, I turned 18 uh, shortly after I got arrested, uh, we pled guilty to 140 years, right? So for me, it was the the anxiety of not knowing how much of that 140 I was going to get. Uh, so once I got sentenced, prison was a relief, right? Yeah. It, and, and, and that sounds messed up, but it's it was relief like, okay, at least I know now. Whereas, you know, Man, in, being in Milwaukee County Jail, <laughs> what'd you say? None of that shit sounds good. No, I don't. None of it sound no good. I, I get your perspective. Uh, how many times do you go? One. That was it, man. Yeah, me Se- too. Seventeen. So I that and that was my first time ever arrested. You know, I was in. You know, I got speeding tickets. I got in trouble um, for a fight at school at a basketball game. But I've never really been in the system before. So I never. Mm-hmm. That was my first time ever like being in the system. So for me, it was that relief. But I can see what you're saying, right? When you, especially you down in Kenosha, right? You down in a, a smaller city. Yeah. So it's it's mo- every, almost everybody knows everybody, right? Yep. And you you're not having those same interactions here in Milwaukee unless you're really well known. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I mean, you still had access, right? I could still call, I could still have conversation. But to me, it was more relief once I went to prison. Yeah. And I and, and that's all I heard too. I heard all the old cats, right? Cats like say, man, when you get to prison, it's gonna be great, nah, man. You get man, to, you, nah. you know what I'm saying? You get to do. You got to wear this orange jumpsuit here, but you get to, you know, make oodles and noodles yeah, and all see, that. So see, I'm that's like, okay. the scary part. That's, <laughs> cats getting so comfortable. With oh it. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you you know when I first, you know, when you first get there, people would be like, oh, where you from? Uh, how much time you got? Uh, or what you do? How much time you got? I said, I told a cat I had um, five years. He said, "Oh, that ain't nothing. <laughs> you could do that standing on your head." Now I get what he was saying right, right, in comparison right, right. to his twelve. Right, you know, my celly was on the on the last end of his twelve. But in the moment, like even though I'm portraying this persona, I'm six three. You know, what I mean, I'm like three hundred pounds. Then I'm like, when I'm by my cell at night, I'm like, these people crazy. <laughs> this dude just said five years ain't nothing. Hey. To to his point, five days, <laughs> five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, it's cats that have said that, like, uh, and that haven't actually or aren't in, aren't locked up. Look, man, two, three years, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Bro, I can do that. Man. Like, hey, hey, man, I had a lot of my friends, man, a lot of my very good friends. They was like, bro, I don't know how you did it. They was like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. They was like, I couldn't have did it. There ain't no way. Uh, for, for somebody to literally say that ain't shit. <laughs> And fuck? wait, but the big part, they mean it. Right. Like they they I mean, serious. We argued, but it was a podcast. We man. argued about it. Like, man, you can't tell me shit about Kane. We free right now talking about <laughs> three years in prison ain't shit. Man, I wanted to yell out, hey, God, <laughs> keep me as far as you can away from this guy right here. God. 
<laughs> hey, we had uh, our last episode. Uh, Jason shared about that. He was like, they asked him like, how much time you got? And when he went in, and uh, he said he was scared to tell because he said that one of the dudes he was in the room with just stared out the window all day. So oh, he yeah. Was like, oh yeah, I know he got a lot of time. Yeah, sometimes you don't even want to want to say it <laughs> say it to nobody because then if, if they respond like, yeah, I got twenty, it, it get hella awkward. <laughs> that was like, me. Because people be like, say, be like, man, oh. how much time you got? And I'm like, man, we got 20 years. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, because to be honest with you, I know I know, TV will have people believing it. The news have you believing it. A lot of people don't get a lot of time in prison. Like, the people who get heavy amount of time is is slim, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not, I mean, you talking 20 years, that's still a lot. You still, you see right now people don't even get 20 yeah. years for killing people. So more people, when I used to say it, they were shocked. They were like, 20 years? They're like, man, what you do? And I'd tell them, and they'd be like, Damn. Right. So it's it's this it's this idea that all these people get all this time, but they really don't, right? Yeah, ninety five percent of the people who locked up will eventually come they home. They eventually come at home, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, right? Even under truth and sentence, and they come at home at some point, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. But you know, it's it's always one of the things, you know, I think I thought about. It. I mean, I ran into a lot of cats that were in there. And I, you know, for you it you went to, you went through Dodge, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Which Dodge is double max, right? But I went straight, you know, as an 18-year-old, I went from Dodge to Columbia, right, or Portage, like where Jeffrey Dahmer got killed, right? So now I'm in there with cats with triple, quadruple life. Now, for me, I had to learn, like, my 20 years, I can't say shit because 20 years, they never getting out, right? So it ain't, you know, that is an opportunity where they they look at you like, yeah, 20 years ain't mm-hmm. nothing. You like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I ain't never getting out, you know? It's an interesting conversation just to kind of spin this a little bit, even on the... Um like some of us get out here and get active in the community. Mm-hmm. Somebody will look at you funny because, uh, like, like I only did three years total, but like, th- like they story more impactful because they did twenty fifteen. <laughs> it's like, bro, we all got effed over by the yeah, system, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you no know, matter what, what a day, a day or a thousand days, it's still the same. Because you know, at the end of the day, there's one common denominator that everybody has, no matter what, how much time you have. You have a felony on your background. You have an inmate number. No matter what, I don't care how much time you did, you have those common denominators. And those are the things at the end of the day that stop you from progressing in life. Mm -hmm. It's not how much time you did. How much time you did is contextual to other things that you're going to live your life. That's a good point. But no matter what, you have a felony, right? No matter if you did 10 days or 10 years, we're both convicted felons. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Most importantly, I always... You know, bring it back to music and the significant music that was released during the time that you were uh, incarcerated. And I get on Josh all the time because he <laughs> he missed like significant releases and shit. But Charmaine, you was good. Like there was there was some bullshit out. Like, you didn't miss no music like Lemonade. I got Gucci Mane. Doa Blueprint Three. That uh, Jay Z. That that was trash. And you missed the beginning of Drake. That was the beginning of Drake. Drake been in the game since 09 or something like that. So hey, hold, on, our, hold on. Our hold producer on. Poindexter might have an issue with you saying Blueprint was trash. Blueprint I'm three. just saying. Blueprint 3. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm, I'm having a problem with him talking about Gucci Man like he trash or something. No. Lemonade was fire. Oh, okay. Lemonade was fire. Okay. But other than that, I'm bad. My bad. I did say that first, but Lemonade's my shit. Like, I'll bang that. Like. Shout out my guy Ray Roberts. He always hating no Gucci Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Gucci. Hey, you, you, you got you got to agree that Blueprint Three was not. Was, was 
Jay ain't gonna get you, dog. <laughs> y'all can't see our producer Poindexter over there. He's not very happy right now. But uh, yeah, it ain't my, it, you didn't miss a lot of music. So you know, three years in and you got out. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. 2013. You was, you was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. So, so in that aspect, it ain't shit. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we hear some of it while we in there, but when you get up there in the country, yeah, yeah, though, you ain't hearing nothing, man. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I I have my love for uh for rock and roll and everything uh, up north, yeah. man. Cause you can't hear that. You ain't listening to V one hundred, no slow jams and nothing. You listening to straight up all kind of classic rock, rock and roll, country, like blues. It, it, it give you a good appreciation for that music, though. It do. It yeah. do. You you really find out. You start to find out where music really comes from. Yeah. You're like, oh, you. You know, use a, you know, you got some, use a cultured Negro, you mm. know, and then, then you know, I did folks be messing with you and saying, yeah. you know, um, you know, one of the things too we like to talk about is, um, man, we done, we done went down so many paths. So these questions, you know, typically the questions we have, you kind of like hitting a bunch of different That's areas, good, which right. is great, man. Which is this is really good, uh, and you know, you know, I've been waiting definitely for a while here to have you on the show. I've been watching a lot of the stuff you do in the community and I really admire the things that you do and, and how you really are being impactful um, to men out there. And we'll talk about that at some point in the show, uh, how you're being really impactful for men as becoming fathers. Right. So yes, what was one of the, you know, I, I read a little bit about you and I saw some of the, the struggles that you had when you first got out, right. When you got out, when it came to finding work, but what was one, what was your first job when you got out? If you could share that story, you know, kind of what led up to your first job, man. So I got a rather unique one. So actually, one of my guys from uh, in prison hooked me up with a job when I got out. <laughs> so his dad ran a cleaning company um, that went around cleaning corporate offices, and so I was I was talking to him about my frustration about getting a job and all of that. He like. Man, here go my dad number. Just call him when you get out. So as soon as I got back, I gave him a call. I think it was what, nine. No, no, it was like twelve dollars and fifty cent. But mm. only thing was, he paid us, um, paid me at, at the end of the month. Okay. Yeah. So I. Had, so you had to wait till the end of the month. Yeah, that was a little different. But um, I ended up getting another job while doing that through a temporary agency, and I believe that was at. Where was that at? I think it was at like Fair Oaks Farm, where it was like cleaning off the um, griddles with a with a <laughs> with a with a razor, or in this cold building where they spraying water and all of that stuff. Basically, mostly factory work. Yeah, that was yeah. that was my life. But my first like official job was at a Red Robin. That's when I I, I consistently stayed there for a while. Okay, but yeah, my first job was from a guy. That I was doing time with, uh, shout out Otis Dampier. Mm-hmm. We call him Big O. Um, and then his, his dad's name is Big O, too, Big Otis. And uh, he got me the job. And, you know, I remember getting on the job. You're like, you cleaned toilets before, didn't you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, who haven't cleaned no toilets? I cleaned the toilet. I thought I cleaned the toilet. <laughs> he come in there like, boy, did you get back here? <laughs> He said, you clean one, you clean them all. He said, you ain't clean this toilet right. So then he broke it down on, on the science of cleaning. You know, uh, like I, okay. I knew how to clean, but he broke down the science of cleaning. So 
<laughs> After that, I'm like, okay, I see what's expected here. <laughs> you like, I gotta make sure this toilet is crystal clean. Yeah, they yeah. ain't do like you know my father. It better be clean enough. I can eat out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eat out the toilet. Why you want to do that? Yeah, though? yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my first job. So uh, as time goes on, and uh, you work in, say you worked at Red Robin mm-hmm. and a couple other places. When, when did you come across that job that was like not really holding? The, uh, the felony against you at that moment. So yeah, this like the pinnacle of my career or my life. Um, I, I had when I when I came back, my pregnant my my wife was pregnant within two months. So obviously, I was happy to see her. <laughs> um, my girl, my girlfriend, and my wife now. So all while I'm working, I'm realizing that I got a son on the way. And now I had a stepdaughter before, mm-hmm. but then this was going to be my first biological son. So the whole time I'm working, he getting ready to be born. And it was after my son was born, and he was about 10 months. Um, I walked into what's called the WIC office. You know what WIC is? Yeah. Yeah, women, infants, and children. Okay. And so um, I'm sitting in the lobby. You know, all the kicks you can eat, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where they give you the milk and eggs and all that. Hey, yeah, I know. I loved Wick, man. When my son was born, uh, I loved Wick. Ooh, juice, 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 yeah. yeah. I had so many kicks yeah, and yeah. milk so, and everything. So, they was, so they was looking at starting a uh, fatherhood initiative, and this me just coming in for, for services. So, they handed me this flyer about this group. Um, I come out to the group. After about 10 minutes being there, I'm the only guy that showed up. <laughs> they had a crew from Racine come down, and they was doing some facilitating. The uh, supervisor or director walked in. I kind of took initiative there, said, hey, I know everybody in from Kenosha. <laughs> um, I, I had a real good following negatively, but I was like <laughs> making a transition, and everybody right. was seeing me making positive posts and quotes on Facebook and stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. reading the Bible and stuff, you know. <laughs> not to be an inspiration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not scared to share my faith and all of right, that. So, right. uh, funny thing is, I asked, can I volunteer to host a meeting myself? Surprisingly, she said yes to the volunteer part. And then I hosted my meeting about a month later or maybe two months later, and I had over 25 guys show up as a volunteer. And now these are all the guys that I uh, roll with in the streets. The only difference was now we all had grown up and we all had kids now. Mm. So it was like the opportune time for me. So um, obviously like a light bulb went off in their head like, this guy's influential. (laughs) We got to get him on board. So she told me it was an opportunity. And for a period of six months, um, she said she was going to go search for some funding. I didn't understand none of these terms at the time. <laughs> All I know is that it was an opportunity. So while I worked my other job at Red Robin, I would either call, stop in, or email um, asking about that opportunity. And then finally the day came where she said, we got some funding to bring you on part-time. Eventually came on full-time. First year, I had over 100 fathers go to the program. That blew me up in the newspaper constantly. District attorney reached out, said he wanted to help me, got me back in front of um, the same judge that gave me five years mm. in prison. And uh, she modified my sentence to get me released off parole four years earlier than I was supposed mm. to. And so tying this into the part in podcast, yeah. 
you know that one of the requirements is you got to be off five, five years. years. So what that did was that sped up my clock because I wouldn't I wouldn't be I still wouldn't be eligible now if I hadn't got mm. off parole for uh, four years early. Mm. I'll be having to wait to twenty five. I wouldn't have got off to twenty twenty. Mm. But since I've been off since two thousand sixteen, I was able to apply in twenty one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, that was like the the highlight of my life, and that's what kind of started the uh, my journey. So what 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 made you decide to uh, apply for the pardon? Like what literally like pushed you there? Um, I think I just kept hearing people talk about it, mm-hmm. and one of the main factors was that the previous governor, Scott Walker. He did no pardons, <laughs> right. absolutely none. So you know, I, I don't know the guy personally, or whatever, but I just know that's you not know enough. That's that's <laughs> that's not important to him. Uh, any type of reform, and so they were saying that Governor Evers is in office, and he's more willing to do you know um, restorative justice and reform mm-hmm. and granting these pardons. I think he had granted like 500 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's up. He's almost at a thousand. Yeah. Here. So I think the last show we did last show we recorded, uh, he was around like almost 800. Yeah. So I'm seeing that. I'm like, I got the, I, I got the, the track record. I'm in the community doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm eligible, you mm-hmm. know, and also I wanted to get my life back. Although, I'm someone who kind of overcame a lot of these obstacles mm-hmm. through pure perseverance and determination. Um, every everybody ain't ain't like that. It's true. And so I get the question all the time, like why why can't other people <laughs> do it or whatever? I had to tell them, like you know, I'm I'm an exception, not not the rule. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now they can do it, and that was a big part of me wanting to apply too to show other people that you can. You can get to this level because mm-hmm. it's not the self-defeating thoughts that hit them the hardest. It's the societal defeating thoughts when you mm-hmm. walk into a job and they say um, you didn't get it, but deep down you know you you know it was the felony. You know when you apply for an apartment and they say check the box, and soon as you did that. They don't even want to interview. You don't right. even get a chance right. to interview. Right. You right. know. Remember we talked about that. You know, can be. So we talked about that. With, uh, um, uh, have you been convicted of a felony? And you check that box, mm-hmm. like for a job, and it's like, yeah, you ain't getting that interview. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you put, we'll discuss an interview, which is a, 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 a terrible position to be in. To have to definitely, you, know, you want to be honest. But then you know your honesty is not going to work well. You know it's not going to work in your favor. And, and, and we know this to be true, like as professionals now. But even then, like the way you're going to get the job is if you know somebody. It's true. When, I, when I got the job at Red Robin, I came there with my uh, with my with my with my girl, and I seen my guy working in the back. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm trying to get a job." Like you, mm. and he like, "Oh, get the application, my man Travis. Uh, make sure you get the job." And it's crazy. The same way that I went through the boot camp program, and I, I worked in the kitchen in the boot camp program. Um, dishwasher, worked my way up to cook, ended up becoming like the, the lead cook. I did That's the same up. thing at Red Robin. Dishwasher, I'm coming home stinking, <laughs> greasy, shoes wet uh, every night. Then I eventually got on the line, flipping buns, 
And then I eventually started flipping burgers. <laughs> hey man, look that Royal Red Robin burger, the one man, with the egg on it. Yeah. Man, that's fire, man. Look, I'm I'm I, hey. I think I'm just hungry because that was fire. <laughs> the bottomless fries. Man, the bo- oh the bottomless fry. And then you put the uh <laughs> wait, you put the seasoning on there? Oh, oh the man. garlic, the garlic uh oh, no, I use the, the, oh, the, the red robin seasoning. The red, yeah. red robin seasoning. Okay, one more thing. Yeah. Hey Red Robin, I'm looking for sponsorship. Just so you know. Onion ring tower, yeah. Oh yeah, the tower ring. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Red Robin, I, I restate. I'm looking for sponsorship <laughs> if you're interested. Man, uh, I get the onion rings in a big ass mug of beer. Oh they, yeah, they, man. They pull the mug out the freezer. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, you know, one thing I you know, as as we talk about that, and when you talk about Red Robin, like as you talk about not specifically Red Robin, but how you got that job, right? And I think that's one of the things that you are attempting to do in the community now, which is what I've done, which is what other, you know, individuals have done when they've been released is understanding what that process looks like and making that process easier for others. Because really, you know, I I talk about this in my personal life, in my professional life as well, right? We talk about uh, what's the number one thing missing um, from black folks and that's social capital, right? We know who we can go to and ask who we buy, who got the best weed, right? Who got the fire, right? Who got that skunk? No doubt. But when it comes down to who can I go to to find me a career, you like, well, you know, I really don't know, you know, and it's it's that's missing in our community, tremendously missing. So I love the fact how you said, you know, how you, how you showed that, right? Your guy was working there, you like, hey man, I need a job, and he was like, hey man, get an application, you got in, and you now are are doing that same thing in your life by trying to give individuals opportunities. By showing them and supporting them through that process, yeah, and and that's a tough conversation because like on the other end of that spectrum, it's like we know we need social capital and to and to build it, but some people won't invest their social capital into you. No, they won't. And so what I mean by that is you're right. Gatekeepers, yep. um, they see you want to come up and they don't want to yep. pass the torch, yep. and they they're not willing to invest that social capital yep. and. I, I guess I understand that sometimes maybe they did it before and got burned and somebody didn't work out. But come on, man, I'm I, 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 we we good judges of character yep. quite yep. naturally as black folks in America. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to read the room in twenty seconds, <laughs> especially if you've been to prison. Like right, us. right, right. Like you need to know what's going on within yep. the first ten seconds of you talking. Is you trying to scam me? You trying to fight? <laughs> you what's up? What's to you? Everybody in there has scammed somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, they've done something to get over, right? right. And it because they didn't want to follow whatever laws yeah. or rules there were. So it's it's good side to that too where you we can re, we can gen, generally read people. Is it going to be some people that's not going to work out sure but right. like you said I I I'm I kind of open the door for uh, anybody that kind of reach out to me. If I know somebody, I tell them like you got access to all the contacts yep. on my phone. Yep. You have any support for you um did you ever garner any support for your partner from like people in your circle and who are those who are those people um so yeah i have some um one of the one of the good things to have is a reference letter mm-hmm. uh, letter of recommendation is what yeah. they call it so the district attorney wrote a letter for me um oh wow yeah the judge my judge wrote a letter for me senator uh bob Wirch out of kenosha wrote okay. a letter for me Multiple business owners um, wrote letters for That's me. Lit. So so much so that when I got to the interview process <laughs> on Zoom, um, one of the questions was like, "I'm I'm sweating before I get on the interview, right?" 
Yeah, man. And, and y'all can go back and like hey. watch my interview, but uh, same. I was in the public. same boat. But the guy said, "This was like one of the first questions." He said, uh, "You got some heavy hitters here. Um, the DA, the judge, you know you this like. He said, "How do you feel about that?" <laughs> I said, "Is that the question?" <laughs> Like a trick question. I'm like, oh no, this like this like slam dunk. This like alley oop. I'm like, I feel great about it. But yeah, first you could think like, what? Man, you trying to trick me? Right, right. How you feel? uh, Like it's fake. Yeah, like like like, how you feel about that? Oh, I ain't know they. I ain't know somebody submitted. What's that one cat from uh, from Malcolm X? Nigga, what's your angle? But (laughs) but I I think the power in that though is because I put the work in early. Mm And because I laid the groundwork that I was even able to get those letters yeah, of recommendation. Yeah. And when you got like, like even in a, in a career, like if, if you, if you, uh, if I needed a job and, and with the stuff you do with apprenticeship yep. and all of that, and, and you referred me, yep. Call it nepotism or whatever. It that, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. They not, they don't even care about my resume. Yeah, oh, oh, you know, Josh. Yep. Oh, he referred you. So my point is, when I got a heavy hitter, like the judge and the DA, like which is the hardest people to get to write a letter and recommendation. Now they'll they'll approve it and say that you yeah, you you yeah. deserve it or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of them won't write that letter. So um, yeah, those was people in my circle, and also a lot of other supportive people. I don't I don't remember all the names because it was a lot. But shout out to all of you watching it right now. This. Yeah, yeah. Ain't my yeah. Props. no, but you know what? I I will tell Ain't you all my Reese cups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will tell you one of the biggest things that folks don't understand when they go in front of the pardon advisory board is the importance of those letters of recommendation. I, in my opinion, that's like the biggest part that, that, that you you can because everything else is factual about you, right? When you have to fill out what your crime was, that's fact checked. They can straight up fact check that. They can CNN fact check all that stuff, right? But what they can't fact check is what people think about you and why they feel you deserve a pardon. And, you know, I've seen, I, I sat and, and watched some of the folks go before me in on the Zoom, right? So I went last year on the Zoom and there was there was one guy on there and they were like, we noticed you didn't have any letters of recommendation. And it, the brother didn't have no answer Ain't for it. Ain't got right? no answer for yeah, it. Yeah, and he was, and they're like. I seen that one. He, he, they were like, can you, could you get one? He was like, well, I'm sure I could ask somebody, right? But it's at that point. Like, if you don't even have enough of, man, I don't care who it is. You couldn't find one person. One person that could say you deserve this. But I think what happens is it's a lack of knowledge about what that looks like. Some people think like, man, I I don't need nobody. You know, you think about in the hood. I don't need nobody to vouch for me. I vouch for myself. Now, when you go in front of the partner advisory board, you need as many people as you possibly can to vouch for. But this how they, now, I'm not going to even say this how they get you. This what people often overlook. On an application, it says Optional. letters of recommend. No, it says strongly recommended. Oh, strongly recommended. Yeah, but, but yeah. that uh, that doesn't sound like I need this. Yeah, no, nah, mm-hmm. it's strongly recommended. Yeah, and if a doctor tell me it's strongly recommended, <laughs> I do something. Right, I'm probably need to be right. Doing so, so it. some mm-hmm. like that's not the first case. Like people be coming to me now. I'm actually writing an ebook on it to kind of simplify the process. Um, asking like, or they submitted they uh the uh, application already. I'm like. How many letters of recommendation? None. I'm like, bro, <laughs> send them in. Tell them you forgot that part. Yeah, you, you forgot know, to add um, them in. That's like huge. That's like 
a test that's like a review on your business yeah. that's like a yeah. a testimonial you know yeah. somebody that worked with you or whatever it's it's real people right it's real people talking about what you've done if you had a job anywhere like all these different things it could be a mama my wife won't work one for me right and you know at the end of the day you need people to speak to your you really need to have people to speak to who your you are your character yeah. right and those letters speak loud because the last thing that they're going to do and shout out to the partner advisory board for this. They're not going to look at those letters and doubt what somebody says, right? They're not going to look and say, "Ah, oh, is, is this a fake letter?" Right? I mean, they they could probably tell that stuff is, but they they're looking for things, you know, for reasons to make sure that they give you this opportunity. And that that's happened under Evers, right? We've seen that with almost a thousand people. They're not looking for reasons to not give you a pardon. They're looking for reasons to make sure you get a pardon. Yes. And, you know, so I always yeah. say that letter recommendations, anybody watching this show, you're going to do a part or put in for a part. Make sure you put in as many letter recommendations as you possibly can. They, they read them all. They do. They read them all. Yeah. I shared the story on, uh, you know, I changed jobs. My CEO submitted a, my current CEO at uh, JFF, she submitted a letter of recommendation the night before I went to the parole or the partner advisory board. Because I was like, oh, it's too late to get it in. But then I got advice. They were like, no, 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 just email it. Mm -hmm. So she emailed it to me and the partner advisory board, and they got it. And they received it, and they were like, yeah, okay, we got it. You know, Thank you for getting that to us. Yep. So um, we hear about the supporters that, that helped you kind of persevere through the process. Um, what about the, the haters, the, the, those folks that was praying for your downfall? Oh, man. Man, <laughs> hey, and I'm sure I'm sure you got haters because you know I, I I definitely had them. You know, for those Man. of you on here who know, I, I just you're went in the spotlight. Yeah, you, know, you, you yep. have a community. You're yep. doing great things. People are yep. trying to find all the dirt to bring yeah. up. So you know, 2020 we had Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse down in Kenosha. Yeah, wow, that yeah. whole thing, you know. And as a leader, you kind of out there, but um. Anyway, man, I got the attention of this dude, man. He looked like Fat Bastard off, uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Austin Powers. I ain't going to say his name, but he, he looked good. Yeah, he, he don't get no love on the Google, part of me. Google, podcast. Google guy who looks like Fat Bastard in Kenosha. <laughs> but anyway, man, this this guy wrote a, um, submitted a records request for my part and tried to, uh, like, get me nothing to not get a part and then wrote some um smear article about me saying why I don't deserve a party. So obviously all his followers gonna chime in right. or whatever. Right. Um on top of that, you know, I started working at Parkside last year teaching criminal justice. He submits an open records request. He's a guy that like abuses open records requests. Ooh. Um and it's, he's he's doing it. He's not you. He's not utilizing it in a way that it should be. He's using it to to hurt people, but try to hurt people. Right, right, right. But anyway, I you know businesses I worked with. He contact them, sending all my information with my my record and all of that, as if that's gonna stop anything. <laughs> but um, also, I sh I recently sh when I shared that I did get the pardon. Um. Everybody that liked and shared my article, he messaging them <laughs> and saying, "Do you do you have any comment of why you uh, 
why you supported Charmaine Harris. Man, I'm that sounds like your ex-girl when you know when man. you that, that sounds like your ex-girl with your new they be like, Did you know what he did? Right. Like, <laughs> like, like creepy, man. Like calm down. But the 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 the, the hate inside of them yeah. won't allow them to stop. So I'm sorry, they, I'm, I'm looking up guy who looks like fat bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't find him. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, man, the hate just consumes him and you know, I'm not the only person he does this to his other that's people. His, that's his pretty much his yeah, that's his, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's his yeah. He man. call it a business or whatever, but he in the business <laughs> of hating people. The funny thing is he claimed to be a Christian. Oh, of course. Yeah. They all do. Yeah. You know, and 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 you yeah. know, it, it it's funny, you know, we uh you know, I, I share. You know, people hold on, know. hold on. Oh, go ahead. So, but so if you claim to be this Christian, and we believe in redemption through Jesus Christ, why can't I be redeemed? Man, look, what? Because I'm black. Man, look, man. <laughs> hey, and that's you. You took the words right out of my mouth because that's what I was just about to talk about. Is you know, folks, they they want to be Christian or they want to be whatever they are until it's something they disagree with, right? right. And you know, I just went through that. I went through that for a uh, school board campaign. I went on here in Germantown, Wisconsin. You know, I definitely ain't going to give no love to any of the haters that I had. And it was a whole bunch of them, right? Because at the end of the day, and these same folks call themselves Christians, saw, call themselves good Christians at that, right? But they, the, the the biggest focus they had was on what my past was, right? And, and that's the only thing, the only common denominator I can come down to is because I was black. Because at the end of the day, it ain't got nothing else to do with anything. And I, and I think that's... That's the really unfortunate part, and that is that, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I started this, not only this brand, but this podcast, because our voices aren't heard. They're, they they try, they, the people try to dilute our voices and make it seem like that just because we got a part. Like I had somebody tell me straight out, yeah, you, 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 you ran for school board because you, or you, you ran for school board because you got a part. And I was like, that's not why I ran for school board, right? Oh, so what if you did? But but right, right. Exactly. But but that's Who like cares? the whole thing is that that's not why I ran for school board. Right. Or it was, you know, you got a pardon from that crazy governor. No wonder, right? So it's yeah. like no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it's all gonna be there's gonna be some type of fight, there's gonna be some type of response, which is really unfortunate because to get a pardon, to receive a pardon is not easy. Not no. everybody gets a pardon. Most importantly, those that do get pardons have shown that they've done extraordinary things in the community and in their life since they've been released from prison. And the fact that there's so many people out here who don't want to recognize that, that's very unfortunate. And it really is telling when people do say they're Christian or when they say whatever, right? Whatever they say, it is telling about their racial, their, their racial, racial implications because nine times out of ten, if somebody white in their family committed a crime and they needed redemption, they're going to be right there on the cross with yep. them saying, yes, we need we need redemption for so With that so. same crazy governor he claimed. Yeah, the same claim. crazy governor. Yeah. Or they're going to say, yeah, yeah, we used him. We got him. He did. We, but when we do it or when we reach out to try and do that, it's always going to be something bad. Yeah. So, I, I'm, man, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, you got the, the guy who looks like Fat Bastard, you yeah. know, out there hating on you. Um, but you I, was, know, I was about to say the same to you. I, I don't know you interviewing me, but like, was <laughs> was that like discouraging to go through all of that stuff? Do do you see yourself running again? You know, well, you know, I think the the biggest discouraging part that I had was, um, th- I live in a community of less than twenty thousand people, so nineteen thousand people, and one of the most discouraging parts of it was to see the ugliness of my community. 
these people who their kids play with my kids, right? These people live, wow. they live somewhere around me. I shop in these stores. And I think the unsettling part of it was, you know, as I went door to door, um, and they started to put out there that I was a convicted felon, a violent felon, right? I'm not carrying when I'm out campaigning. So I'm going door to door, right? I don't know who's going to open it. My kids are with me. So I don't know who's going to say something crazy or who might decide, oh, there's that guy who's a felon and shoot me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, that was like super unsettling. Damn. Um, and it was very stressful at that point, right? I will say on the flip side, I met some dynamic dope ass people in Germantown. For sure. Like, man, I, you know, I, I I met so many people who still to this day see me and they're like, man, I voted for you. I, I support you. I really, you know, what you believed in. Like you are, you are the American dream, right? You messed up. You did what you need to do and you proved that you're worthy. And now you're trying to be better. You're trying to better other people. The unsettling part of it is when I walk in these stores, I don't know who these folks are. They all know who I what I look like, right? Same thing with you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably know what what fat bastard looks like, but just imagine if you didn't. So now I'm always on, you know, on vigilant. I'm always being vigilant because I don't know who these folks are. Yeah, and it's it, it's really unfortunate that no matter what you do in life, there's some people who ain't gonna see it. And you could say you don't care because I honestly don't care. But when it's in my community, that small of a community, I did care. I think I want to actually make sure I say this on air. I, I was proud of the fact of the turnout of voter, the voter turnout, and the number of votes that you received. Definitely. In such a... Three months. Know, like, like a, Three uh, months I did that. The, in a community that has historically not been in favor of yes. black people. It's called Germantown. Like, right, exactly. Like, exactly. For real. Like it's, it has no history on being supportive, but they 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 had your back. And I was I was I was actually proud of those people who actually took that. Yeah, they that don't even man. care about your 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 uh your other side of your uh nah, ethnicity. Day. Uh, no, nah, they don't. They I'm just one hundred percent Can y'all give me a little credit for my, <laughs> nah, my, my, my biracialness? No, nah, they like nope. <laughs> Nope, not at all, you know. <laughs> but it, it is, and I think it's telling, though, right, when you think about uh, receiving a pardon, right? I, I think about that, and you talked about it a little, like, why did I really need this, yeah. right? Like, and But for me, it's validation, right? Because we need validation, because in situations like that, I was totally invalidated. Yep. Like, they made me out to be the worst criminal in the world. And at the end of the day, and I can look at the camera and say this straight to them, Half of them couldn't hold my jock strap, mm-hmm. like in real life, right? Their resumes don't match mine when it comes to the things That's I've done. That's why they're really mad. Yeah, that really is. Yep. When it comes to the things I've done, not only in my career, but the people that I've helped, the people that I've inspired, the things, the the the, the atmospheres I've changed by being a part of that. And, you know, so when you hear that, you know, I, I you know, I, I get mad for you when I hear about, you know, folks trying to hate on you. Because yeah. that is, that's foul, right? That's this. But that's why I started this. Yeah. That that was the reason I started doing this was we need to tell these stories so that individuals can see how great people are that have received part. Yeah, and, and 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 know that we we went through what we went went through while while felons, right? Yes. But even when we, we no longer felons, you still gonna well, you especially gonna face some type of criticism. Yep. Because now you you changing the game. Yep. yep. <clears throat> and now you 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 really making change and impact. And it, it's just funny, like the same people, like they wholeheartedly believe in the um, lock them up criminal justice system. You know, send them to jail. We products of it. We went through jail. We went through the, the, the process and we rehabilitated or whatever way we did and we came out 
and we successful, but they still won't give you credit as so credit for that. So the, so for the guy that's like, man, when I get the part in this, when I when I get the part in this, nah, it's not over. You, you, yeah, you, 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 you still better be ready. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely not over. Yeah. You know, so shout out to all my Germantown residents for your support. You know, I got y'all, and I really appreciate the support y'all have. Right, I got three things, real quick. Go ahead. So one, I'm not, not going to get Jesus freaky on this, but just the idea behind those people who we were talking about that are, you know, Bible Bible pushers and mm-hmm. good Christians, and you know, that's like people saying, "I'm humble." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that shit. If you, um, you got to say it, you're right, not. you know. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the idea behind Jesus. The person that they follow as a Christian, being born in Nazareth, which was like shit, sixteenth and Cherry, <laughs> it was the hood. Like Nazareth was the hood. Bethlehem was the hood. That's where Dog was hanging out. He was hanging out in the hood, right, with felons, right. with prostitutes, mm-hmm. with criminals, and preaching to them because the people who are, you know, holier than thou were the, the Pharisees. Yep. Like, how dare you, like, right. go to these people. They actually act like the Pharisees, like people who, you know. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's exactly what they act like. Over here sitting with the sinners. You right, right. Saying? And they acting like, you know, I always say, you know, take it back to the old school. You know, they they throwing rocks in glass houses. Cause, yeah. You know, they acting like they perfect. They ain't right. perfect either. But the second thing was, uh, shout out to uh, Governor Evers for knowing that he has absolutely no power to do nothing else. But he he pardoning people like no doubt are you, you ain't gonna let me do what all right, fuck it. I'm about to release the homes them all out so shout out to that um, third what was the like the more like I know you I mean you're very very intelligent obviously your track record and your your resume shows that you know you've learned from your mistakes and and out you know teaching college and whatnot. There had to be like a difficult component in the pardon, like in what that you were like filling out. You're filling out the application, like, damn, this is kind of how do I answer this? Like, what, what question was that that stumped you that, that made you be like, damn, I don't, I don't know. I, I think one of the things I did was um, I got off in 2016, right? So I tried to um, like time it, right? Because you know they're going to. It's going to be 13 months before yep. they reply. 13 to 14 so months. So I sent my first application in a little early, maybe like three months mm-hmm. before my actual uh, <laughs> your, your five year. Yeah. I'm like, they ain't going to see it till then anyway. <laughs> anyway, I ended up getting denied the first, <laughs> the first round. But they said like it wasn't like a true denial. Was right. Just, it was just like, you're not eligible. Yeah, you're not eligible. So once you become eligible, then um, resubmit. No, just let us know. And, oh, and they'll keep that same. That's that oh, same okay. application. That's what's up. But uh, I had guys too super discouraged. I'm like, <laughs> I'm Charmaine Harris. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that is that's a good thing though, because like I don't care who you know or what political connection you got or. Even your letters of recommendation. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that can circumvent that um the five that, that process. Ability, yeah. Right. That process. And so that was that was that was real tough for me. And then um I ain't gonna lie, man, the, the application wasn't too hard because like I had everything they needed. Um and we got the heavy hitters as your recommendation. Yeah, and, and then I, I like you can be like C recommendation. I was in um, <laughs> C attached. I was in. <laughs> right. Andrew, shorten the mug. <laughs> we was uh, 
we were talking about writing earlier. Like, I love writing, bro. You know, but I only got this because, you know, part of the story I left out was um, after I got taken off parole early, I got a, a full-ride scholarship to Carthage College in um, okay. Kenosha, Wisconsin, private college. That's um, what's up. That's and so I, I went there for business management and marketing, then immediately went into my master's program. But in college, you got to write hella papers, you know. Yeah. So when I was at work, I used to ask my supervisor, can I stay in the office for like four hours after work so I can do my schoolwork? But I, I say that to say, like, when I got to the part in application, it was just, I've been telling stories. I've been writing stories. <laughs> I've been doing research papers um, all this time. So it was like, I'm finna knock this out the park. And I feel like I did. Yeah. Obviously you did. You got you got a pardon. So I yeah, you wrote something yeah. in there they like to see. You right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were you were uh, going through the whole process and the guy's like, hey, this is how do you feel about that? What, what, any other questions after that? Or was this like it was over at that point? No, nah, another person asked um a more direct question, which was um, what do you say? I I think my The situation where with with my girlfriend at the time, where it got a little bit domestic or violent or whatever, he asked. He said, "You you went through a treatment while inside. Um, did you did you continue any treatment when you when you got mm-hmm. out? And how do you continue to like treat yourself or like just keep mm-hmm. keep your mind focused?" And so that was one of the questions. And then, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a brother like us that's on the board, mm-hmm. Anthony Cooper, senior or yep, junior, yep. a decent guy. But uh, he asked me, he said, you know, I, I see what you're doing with your, with your movement and your business. He like, what are your goals? I'm like, <laughs> I'm loving this interview. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the guy that asked a more direct question, I'm like, you know, that was a solid question too because, yeah. you know, it, it does take a lot to stay on a um, righteous path mm-hmm. and stay on a straight and narrow. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a sauna the other day with guys kind of talking about this idea and they like, do you, do you, um, how do you, how do you manage your, like, dealing with situations where it might go there. I'm like, I still think about going there, you know? Um, But I have a lot more to think about and a lot more to lose. So even just that pause, because, you know, before we didn't didn't have that pause mechanism in our mind. Um, We just went there. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll figure it out later. Now we have that, that thought comes, then the feeling, then the action, mm-hmm. right? So now when that thought comes, then that feeling hit, we we know how to keep, go back to that thought. Yep. Go back Without to, going go, directly to action. Yeah, go back to the thought. Like, it's more thinking involved. So now it's just like, my son nine, my, my baby son four, he about to be five. I'd be damned if I'd be in prison and they had to come up there and see right, me. Right, My wife need me. We got a house now. You know, uh, what What if something happened to me? Sound like you're rapping. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know. You got to jot that down. So now um, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a little bit different now when it comes to uh, taking care of yourself. So that, no, like no. I said, that was a great question. What, what, so 
we skipped over just a little bit, but like when you got notification of your pardon, like what, how, how did that feel? Like, what were you doing at the time? Like what, what, you know, walk us through that a little bit. So I interviewed October 14th, 22. Okay. And they said that it could be what they say, 60 days. Yep. 60. Yeah. So I'm like, dang, I hope it ain't like, like a for real 60 days. Right. Uh, so then it was right around Christmas time. So December 25th came, I'm like, Ooh, this would be a nice Christmas present. If it came around this time, <laughs> it didn't come. So December 28th, I, uh, I coached basketball too with my son, third and fourth graders. I'm at practice, you know, I'm running them up and down the court, boot camp style. Uh, sprint! He's lying. Yeah. Suicide. I know y'all ain't over there talking. I send them out to get a drink, you know, because they crying, talking about they need water. So I give them, give them a water break. I check my email, and then say, government office. So now I have been checking my email every day. Every day. So this is just another moment for me to check yeah, my yeah. email. And bro, when I tell you, like a a a a cry came out like from the deepest pits of my mm. belly. Like, not like tears, but just oh but, uh, <laughs> one of my parents was there that one of the women, she was like, Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, just Stay on the water break. All the kids coming back. I'm like, go ahead. But <laughs> you like, man, I don't even care no more. I'm Drink like, all the water you want. Oh, my God. I'm like leaning up against the wall. And then uh, I just told her, I'm like, man, I just I just showed her the email. Like, I just got notification about my part, and it That's went through. And so, That's what's up, man. So, yeah, man. That was a great feeling just to have that weight lifted off your shoulders. While you are participating in a, in your community. I mean, you're doing yep. what has yeah. garnered yep. you the opportunity to get the part. And yep. in the midst of that, you get it, you get that news. That's yeah, yeah, that was pretty dope. So since since your pardon, what has been the biggest challenge? Hmm. As I told y'all, like, I... Early on, I took that word no and flipped it into an acronym to stand for next opportunity, N-O. Mm. So, like, I go searching for no's now, you know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find a no. Um, I guess one of my, my biggest challenges has been now that I got the pardon, what do I do mm-hmm. to, to add more value? Right. And so I, I played around with the idea of running for office, but but here's Josh's story. I'm, I'm like, man, I don't know about that. Pick, uh, pick a community that might be great. Yeah, I know. I know. I might have to move to Milwaukee or something. Uh, so that was that has been a constant thing on my mind. And then finally I'm like, I need to show more people how to how to get pardons too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, my thing is a little different. It's called the pardon pathway. And I'm I'm working on a lot of different things where, you know, because you can just be like apply, fill yeah, out the application. Yeah. But sometimes you need somebody to like break it down for you. Yeah. yeah. Like like those questions we ask, like what was the hardest question yeah. for you? Um, because it says strongly recommended. Right, right. No, 
Record. That, mean, that means send it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm creating this online community or this platform, but that has been challenging on um, how to execute it. But I, I got some good steam rolling right now. I can imagine that could be a lot of people because I know Josh probably runs in that. The people see part of me and they think that you know hey, yep. you got all the answers. Yep. yep. Part of me. Yeah. Help me out. Yeah. And you know, and, and not, don't do no footwork. Yeah. It, it's tough. I mean. So I love to hear that. And, Don't know, worry about I, it. I'll be here to help y'all out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I appreciate that because, you know, that's one of the things, you know, when people ask about pardon me, that's what they think is I help people get pardons. And I, I have shared advice with folks, right? I'm like, hey, let me review your stuff and whatever. Um, but, you know, and I know there's some services out there that do it and they charge a nominal fee, right? Whether I disagree or agree with that, at the end of the day, um, one of the things that I've watched is people struggle when it comes to putting that paperwork in you and me, right. Or you and I, we don't have a problem standing up in front of an audience, right. Yeah. I just stood in front of 5,000 people for right. Folks that come off the block, they're comfortable standing in front of the block, but they ain't comfortable standing in front of folks that they know might make decisions. that's going to change yeah. their life. And if they're not properly prepared, then they, they actually misrepresent who they are deep down in front of those folks. And yep. it, it, you know, we, we do need, we need education. We need folks to at least understand, like, yeah, put yeah. in letters of recommendation like or that. what have you done since you got out? Right. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know. I ain't did nothing. It's like, yeah, you did. You work. Did you do this? Did you do that? Right. So it's right. How to package they story. Yeah, how to package your story. Cause everybody has a story Yeah, and helping them understand that. So I, I salute you for that. It's an area that that's not the pardon me lane, right? That's just not the lane I'm in. Pardon me is the brand of me, right? But it's it's a lane that you know at the end of the podcast now I put a slide up and there's resources on my website uh, on the resource tab that say for any, anywhere across the country that tells you how to get a pardon and in that area or give you the it, it puts you into whatever that process is for where you live, but it's needed. Oh, yeah. it really Send is me needed. That. It, it is needed in our community. Uh, tremendously so that people, when they get up there, they can really represent the best of who they are so they can get that opportunity. Because for me and you, the pardon may not change our lives tremendously. It's definitely changed it. But for some folks who've been struggling, that pardon really can change everything for them. I had a guy that just hit me up not too long ago. He did 13 years straight on, on parole. I'm like... I did 10 on parole. That's a miracle. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so you did 10 on parole and waited the five years? For- yeah, I did. I waited. I had to wait 25 years. You didn't get off early? No. So so I did 10, just shy of 10 in, and I did the rest on parole until my 20 years was up. So I didn't become eligible to 2020. Dang. Yeah. So I had to do the full. So I went to get- How old you is, man? I'll be 46 this year. Okay. okay. So, so I- um. <laughs> I went to get off. Shout out to my uh, my parole my parole officer Howard Gleason, man, one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Dude took care of me, man. And he made sure that he knew he made sure that I knew that he he knew how good I was doing, like that I was taking care of my business. But he um he tried to get me off early, and the supervisor at the time said no, which was whack. I mean, that was straight up whack because I went I was working, I was busting my butt, so I just had to do the full twenty. The full twenty until my sentence was over, and then it was yeah. adios. So, but I was um I was watching one of your other uh, episodes, and um like we got lucky uh, a little bit because we had to interview online. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you yeah. saw an episode with uh Joseph where yeah. he went in front of everybody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, now now imagine ha- us having to go in and yeah, that's tough. And now and the spectators get to come too. So like yeah. those haters, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get to come too and yeah. like maybe they can't talk, but they can say <clears throat> Yeah, right. Be like, don't <laughs> do it. You know, they yeah, they can make all kind all of noises. Oh, don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> there. <laughs> but it's it's real though, right? You, you you the opportunity when it's online, I think we we did get lucky. And, yeah. and, and and I don't know if I would have won. Now I could have I could have done it sitting in front. I've done that before, like when I went to the pro board and all that. But I think online gave you that ability to it gives you that buffer. Um and I think one of the, the, the dope things about it is you everybody has their camera on so you can see their reactions. And I'm a person that feeds off reactions when I'm talking to a crowd. So I think that made it easier for me. I can't even see that's that that you just described why and we talked about this before we started recording about <laughs> talking in front of crowds. I'm all on reaction. Like, yeah, yeah. What you twitching for? <laughs> what you smiling at? Wait, I did, did I say that something one, that wrong? That one, that was, yeah, but yeah, I can peep out the haters too. You know, yeah, that's true um, too. Like, cause you looking, they be like, yeah. or not, let me not call them haters, but like, like say I'm speaking at a school or something. Or the like naysayers. A, you got yeah, naysayers out there the, who are the like troublemaker. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I just come up, brush up to him as I'm talking like, and so now what we're going to do today is. <laughs> All right, that's how you do it. You squeeze him on his shoulder a little bit like, I, yeah. I peeped you, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Now, now they hold behavior change. And I'm looking at them the whole time I'm talking. Well, I can tell y'all this, that y'all are definitely motivating me to not want to go to prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that's, glad that's I can a be good a motivation service. to have. Yeah, right. Um, in my old age, as I'm actually about to celebrate my 50th, I have a bucket list item that I want to. I want to going to I, prison ain't your only bucket list. I want to tag it? a train, but I will go to. I will go to jail. <laughs> you know, if I do that. So I'm rewinding my my my. my yeah, we on the I other side wanna... of the uh, law now, so I might have to. Um, I don't want to. I'm a I'm a mandated reporter. <laughs> uh, you know about that. I, I watch documentaries. I'm, I've been watching all kind of stuff. I'm gonna put the hood on. <laughs> So I'm gonna have a full mask on. Right, go and spray paint the train, you know. But you know, I'm not gonna do that because I don't. I don't. I'm not built for it. <laughs> I'm not built for it at all. So, hey, that's a good thing. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think any of us are built for it. But once uh, you get in that situation, it's mm-hmm. it's survival to fittest. It's, it's you go to it's it's you adapt or you don't, right? And if you don't adapt, it's gonna be really tough for you mentally, right? And I always say that here in Wisconsin. It's not the physical part of prison in Wisconsin. I talked about this on my episode. It's that mental part. The mental part is the hardest part that you have to deal with waking up every morning and knowing you can't do what you want to do unless it's in the confines of this prison, in this cell or in the prison compound. And, you know, I, I, I want to ask you real quickly, mm-hmm. my bad, uh, Cam Beast. So, like, one of the things, you know, it says, and and, and I, want, I want to plug that because it is important, and I'm definitely going to share some information uh, and I actually may have somebody who can help you with your ebook too. Uh, yeah. Somebody can give you some advice on on what to do and how to do yeah. it. Somebody that I know it's already that. written like three fourths of the way. I just got it. Yeah, let me like, let me connect up. you with somebody who who, who, who who I'm gonna connect you with somebody Man. on that. Um, but thinking about that, like you know, I, I read a quote from you where it says he dreams of helping a thousand people get pardons, but admits that realistically he plans to guide about a hundred. Yeah, you know. A hundred still is a lot. Like helping individuals to achieve 
the goals set forth by getting a pardon. Like, that's a big deal. And to be honest with you, I see a thousand easily, uh, you know, as long as our government doesn't change, right? Um, because the work you're doing now is going to influence and the conversations you're going to have are going to help people understand what that process looks yeah. like. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm all about these 10x goals. So uh, shoot for the highest, yeah. but, you know, yeah. know that you not going to hit everybody. Right. Especially, you know, with the fact that the government can change. Yep. So yep. when when is it when is his um term up? 28? No. He just he just he just won. So 22, won. so 26. He get four more years, right? Yeah, yes, four yes, years. yes. So if, I'm confused if you, on the years. I'm like, if you watch 2023, if you watch this podcast, whether you get informed by me or Josh or Man, not, get that application yes. in now because it's gonna take a year. Yes, for them to even see it, and there's so many people applying. So get yeah. it in now before. Um, dang, what's dude? I ain't gonna even say dude who ran against Governor Evers. <laughs> if he would have just won. The pardon process would have been shut down. Been we shut would have been down, waiting yeah. another four years just to get apply again. So anybody listening, man, if you trying to get a pardon, yes. get that application in now. So um as we wrap this up, I want to actually go down your um your resume a little bit um and kind of read your accomplishments. Um you're a national speaker and a trainer in areas of fatherhood and prison reentry. Um you uh, landed a full-time job as the father involvement coordinator for WIC. In the first year, successfully recruited and completed over 100 fathers. Um, and that's based off of you being the only one who attended the first time. They saw you and was like, yep. hey. <laughs> <laughs> this guy oh, got dog. juice. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the juice. Right. So in 2020, uh, you graduated with degrees in business management and marketing from Carthage College. Um, and then complete your master's in business design and innovation at Carthage College. Um, in, uh, NAACP Positive Impact Award. Yeah. And 20 Under 40 Award. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to actually, uh, I was going to read it word for word, but I'm, I'm pulling. No, that's out. fine. Uh, yeah, all your legal rights reserve, uh, restored uh, in 2022 by, uh, by the governor. Currently president of Charmaine Harrison Associates LLC, which provides presentations, training, and workshops for uh, to show uh, returning residents uh, strategies on achieving success after prison, which actually fits your whole helping people with pardon. Mm-hmm. Um, when Charmaine is not speaking, he's running kids uh, to the ground. Yeah, basketball <laughs> practice. Yeah, but training uh, as, a, as a guest lecturer at criminal justice at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. Yeah. So usually, how we do is we close out each episode by reading the last uh, portion of your um, your pardon. Now, therefore, I, not me, Tony Evers, governor of the state of Wisconsin, by the authority vested in me by Article 5, Section 6 of the Wisconsin Constitution, do fully and unconditionally pardon Charmaine S. Harris of the events <laughs> described above and restore Louder. all the rights Louder. and privileges which may have been forfeited by him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Said all, yeah. all right. Congratulations, man. It's an honor and a privilege to uh, have uh, had this conversation. Yeah. So I'm glad you were able to share your story. Yeah. Appreciate y'all having me. And, and um, I just want to say I got a lot of titles and different things and achievements and accomplishments but 
Um, before all of those titles is I am a first a husband and a father. Word. And so that that comes first. That's my number one title. And if it hadn't been for those kids coming in my life and my wife coming in my life and just giving me more meaning and purpose. Because before yep. I only thought about myself, man. Yep. Yep. And, you know, not saying that's the path to, like, success if you – got out and you know i'm not saying have kids and it's gonna change your life <laughs> but like find a deeper purpose find a deeper um meaning to life something that's bigger no than you because no when you serve in something that's bigger than you it, it, it allows you to become um selfless instead of selfish mm-hmm. and so i just want to get that to somebody listening to this today no doubt man well you know i, I appreciate you joining you know this this is one of my my favorite podcasts uh episodes here you know it's on number four uh so all four of my favorite right the conversation that we'd have had um but I, I appreciate you i salute you for the work that you're doing i want you to know from someone who has been in the same shoes and is going down the same path and helping people that i see you and if i see you that means other people see you oh, no so doubt. that 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 means a lot you know and you know that means a lot after you've been on the inside knowing that people can see you and seeing the good work that you're doing means a lot. So, you know, I, whatever I can do to continue to support, we definitely going to stay connected. I'm glad I was able to get you to come up here and join the podcast yeah. today uh, and to share your story and your testimony uh, in the hopes of helping somebody else. For sure. I appreciate you having me. So Charmaine's story that you heard today is one of the many across the country that exhibit success after incarceration, along with perseverance and patience to seek a pardon. The Pardon Me podcast is honored to bring these stories to inform, inspire, and motivate you, our listener, with the goal of humanizing the mistakes we've made in our lives and celebrating those second chances as much as we possibly can. I want to thank Charmaine Harris uh, again for joining me today. Thank you to Charmaine Harris Associates, LLC, for sponsoring today's podcast. And I want to thank you all as well for joining us in this conversation. And I hope that you continue to join us and follow us on all channels, all social media channels. Hit that like, subscribe, follow us to hear our next story that we tell. Tune in next time. And remember, failure is never an option. Peace. Pardon me. The mission of Pardon Me is to inform, motivate, and most importantly, humanize individuals who have made mistakes but have received gubernatorial and presidential pardons. Pardon Me is a brand for those who support second chances. 